Welcome to Canada's podcast. I wear a few different hats as a CFO. Whatever hat CFOs like Imran need to wear, Sage's tools and insights can make sure they fit. Sage, helping business flow. Hi, and welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast in Canada for entrepreneurs. I am your host, Stephen Van Loffel. I bring to you interviews with some of the best, promising, and up-and-coming Indigenous entrepreneurs from across Turtle Island. I am joined today by Mark Hickman, Managing Director of SAGE in Canada. SAGE is a leader in accounting, financial, HR, and payroll technology for small and mid-sized businesses. I'm also joined by Matthew Foss, Vice President of Research and Public Policy at the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business, a leading organization strengthening business relationships with Indigenous communities and growing an economy built on mutual respect and shared prosperity. So, Mark, Matthew, thank you for being here. Um, really looking forward to today's discussion. Matthew, let's start with you. Tell us a bit about the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business and its mission to support Indigenous entrepreneurs and industry. Certainly, Stephen. It's uh, a pleasure to be here with you and Mark and get a chance to talk a little bit about some of these, these matters. Canadian Council for Business for Aboriginal business is coming up on its 40th anniversary. We'll be celebrating that in May in Toronto. So hopefully we'll we'll get lots of people out there to come and, and enjoy, celebrate and participate with respect to that. We are a national not-for-profit organization that is, is really um, working to try and bridge the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous businesses, communities and people to advance Indigenous entrepreneurship and businesses within Canada's economy and, and hopefully get to a place where Indigenous businesses fully participating in Canada's economy. We've got roughly 2,200 members hmm. across Canada, um, spanning coast to coast to coast, and uh, of that roughly two-thirds are Indigenous businesses, the other third being non-Indigenous businesses that really want to seek to support and, and include Indigenous business into that space. And we've got a span of programs from, from those that are into assisting Indigenous businesses, those that are working to support the non-Indigenous businesses that want to be part of that economy. And, uh, and of course, as I said, the conferences that we are, are hosting, and of course, research to help fill in some of those data gaps that exist for Indigenous businesses. So you guys are doing a lot. You're, you're out there, you're supporting Indigenous businesses, you're helping making those connections with industry, you're filling in some of those gaps. As an Indigenous entrepreneur myself, I know that there are a lot of barriers out there, right? Uh, a lot of the research that you guys have put out have, have touched on many of those. But can you share, what are some of those key barriers facing Indigenous businesses First Nation businesses in Canada uh, as they embark on their entrepreneurial journey. Sure, and 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 you all know this, Stephen, as as an Indigenous entrepreneur. But the uh, the challenges of being Indigenous in Canada are are certainly significant, and that um, that whether that is growing up in in poverty, growing up with uh, racial prejudices and exclusion, um, growing up in in regions or areas where access to education, access to infrastructure is not 
not so readily available. But those Indigenous entrepreneurs that actually find a way out of some of those challenges and that are, are incredibly resilient individuals, and, and certainly you yourself are, are a poster child of, of some of that. And uh, I want to celebrate that with you while, while I'm on the, uh, on the line with you, because, uh, you know, you, you really are um, a shining example of, of making it work. But some of those big challenges that an ind Indigenous entrepreneur faces, one of them is access to capital, right? It, it's yeah. always so much of a challenge to just find the funding. And, and we find that, you know, probably, well, just slightly under half of Indigenous businesses don't have a lending relationship at all with a financial institution. And that, which makes it very challenging as you, you try and um, get started, because who can start a business without seed capital? Um, and then growing the business. Probably one of the second biggest challenges that uh, faces Indigenous entrepreneurs and Indigenous businesses is access to skilled labor. And that, and I mean, I think we'll we'll talk a little bit about that through through this discussion, and and some of the role that Mark's company plays with assisting in some of that. But getting that that access to some skilled labor and and the resources that you need to to grow and scale your business once you've uh, figured out how to uh, how to finance that, and that, and then then of course barriers based on location. And, infrastructure and that also play a significant role a lot of a lot of challenges out there i face them many indigenous entrepreneurs face them some that are i think just part of being an entrepreneur but others that are specific to indigenous entrepreneurs as we move into indigenous territories we're right across turtle island from coast to coast to coast right many rural remote communities many have challenges accessing digital infrastructure, but we know that it's crucial to move, to begin to adopt digital technologies. How are Indigenous businesses adopting digital first strategies in order to support their business as they start and as they begin to grow? What are you seeing? You're, you're very right on that, Stephen, that um... You know, we're entering a digital age and we've been in a digital age for a few years now. And indigenous entrepreneurs are our leaders in this space. And we actually had an opportunity to to talk or to investigate this a little bit more. We had a partnership with Google Canada that allowed us to examine some of this. And, and we've got a report on our website for those that might be interested in checking that out and seeing some of that. What we found is that Indigenous entrepreneurs are more likely than the average Canadian business to move into this space, whether that is to adopt digital technologies, whether that is to um, use some of the tools in that that are on online and available through uh, some of those, those online marketing tools, whether that is to just, just basically um, adopt new forms of, of technology. In fact, Indigenous entrepreneurs are more likely to have hired digital programmers or, or analysts or sought out those services than the, the average Canadian business, almost twice as likely with respect to, to a lot of that. So we do see Indigenous entrepreneurs leading the way 
in a lot of these cases. I think, you know, that's, that's an important, um, information that you share there around indigenous businesses moving to to digital spaces you know as we know it's it's important given just the the locality and often it's a challenge um, to create economies when you're in rural remote areas so um, seeing that more and more indigenous businesses are moving on there and having those partnerships uh, like sage which we'll touch on in a minute but I know that you also work with a number of other uh, partners within the entrepreneur, uh, the business ecosystem. For instance, you have a, a new partnership with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Can you tell us a bit about that partnership? Yeah, certainly. We are extremely pleased to be working with uh, such a great organization as the Ontario Chamber of Commerce to look at ways to advance economic reconciliation. They they started and embarked upon this um, Almost coming on two years ago now, they they were hearing from their membership that there was a need to to move into the space, and it wasn't long before they realized they weren't going to do that effectively without an indigenous partner. Hmm. And, and of course, we would always recommend if you're going to do anything in the indigenous space that you find an indigenous partner to do that with. And and so we're very pleased when they reached out and said, you know what, we're hearing. We need an Indigenous partner, and we're hearing you're the right partner, CCAP. So let, let's come and let's do this together. And so we spent the last half of uh, um, 2022 talking about how we were going to do this together. And into, into this year, we've been out raising funds to, to accomplish it, and uh, then we've developed an Indigenous advisory committee to to help and assist with that. Now, of course, you think, well, CCAB, Indigenous organization, um, I myself am an Indigenous individual. What need do we have of bringing on an advisory committee on top of that? Well, mm -hmm. the, the answer to that is Indigenous communities are, are far and wide. No two communities are the same and uh, lots of different perspectives out there with respect to what's needed and what's useful. And of course, even Indigenous communities often don't get along with each other. And that, and so having some of that uh, broader balance is important. But another important aspect to this as well, though, is as partners with the Ontario Chamber, we recognize that, you know, we'll do a lot of the, the legwork for them and, and do a bit of the leading in some aspects of this, but this has to carry on, right? This has to live and breathe. And for them, that that's gonna mean that they develop ongoing relationships and arrangements beyond uh, Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business in the work that they do so that they can lead and demonstrate for their membership how these types of arrangements need to happen. And, and of course, having an Indigenous Advisory Committee doesn't mean just reaching out and uh, tapping a few Indigenous people on the shoulder and saying, come give me some advice. It, it really is about establishing frameworks and, and ensuring um, compensation for time and effort that goes into, into that. As you well know, um, so many Indigenous individuals are, are so busy with their own life and uh, their own businesses or whatever they're trying to accomplish. And they're being tapped on the shoulders all the time to 
to participate and be involved in things um, by well-meaning and well-intentioned individuals, but it's important to to show a a bit of respect to to that time and and also um, um, acknowledge that it is a uh, it's taking them away from from something else. And of course, we're really pleased now. We've we've got our first of uh, two planned resources out. We we just released here in October, and that 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 really provides a bit of a a background and understanding of some of the challenges that Indigenous peoples and uh, communities and businesses face and provides a, a few recommendations on some of the things that businesses can do to, to be more inclusive, uh, whether that's learning more about the Indigenous community or um, you know, starting with things like land acknowledgements, but true land acknowledgements, not the uh, the superficial, just, you know, well, I acknowledge that uh, somewhere along the line, somebody told me to say this, but but rather uh, truly uh, internalizing that to yourself and, and your activities. And, uh, and of course, looking for ways to just ensure that your, um, your own operations are inclusive to the the community and to the businesses within the indigenous community such that they can participate in your in your supply chain and your businesses so it, it's important to be able to support those industry as well i mean you know industry many want to take up the charge of, of economic reconciliation and and mm. support their indigenous partners support uh, their indigenous employee. So providing that support, and it's great to see that you guys have that partnership with the with the uh, with the Chamber of Commerce. Are you seeing other similar partners with other chambers of commerce or other organizations in any other province across across Canada? Well, we've got some some good relationships uh, across the country. Nothing as formal as what we've got with the Ontario Chamber, and we're hoping that that leads to, and and as we get this this resource out and start advertising and talking about it, that it will spur a lot more interest and in, in that from other parts of the country to, to look at and examine what they're doing and, um, and build off of what we've released with the Ontario Chamber. And, that, and of course, it's not critical that the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business be partner with those organizations. That they may find a, a local partner that works for them that uh, that can do this but um, what is important is that they embark upon their journeys towards uh, improving relationships and uh, moving into the, uh, the call to action 92 out of uh, the uh, truth and reconciliation that calls on businesses to to improve their their inclusivity yeah, absolutely. And let's let's talk about Indigenous entrepreneurs then, right? A lot of Indigenous entrepreneurs out there, you know, some reports say 20,000. I've seen reports as high as 70,000. You know, all we know is that it's a growing field. Indigenous peoples are taking up entrepreneurship, um, you know, at, at a rate that I think exceeds the Canadian population. So we are playing a leading role both in our communities, uh, but right across this nation. So are you able to tell us a bit about uh, what are those top industry sectors in Canada where Indigenous entrepreneurs are playing a prominent or leading role? And why are they uniquely positioned to thrive in these fields? Right. Well, 
and that that's a good topic to to get into, Stephen. Right? And as you know, um, the uh, indigenous businesses are starting business. Indigenous entrepreneurs are starting businesses much more uh, commonly than the uh, the average Canadian. Roughly uh, nine times more likely to start a business. Oh. That and and so like there's lots of effort that goes into this. Um, but you know where where are those those sectors of the economy, well, they're across the entire broad spectrum of Canada's economy. And, and we just recently released our Adawe report, which is uh, our largest ever survey of Indigenous businesses, mm -hmm. partnered with Global Affairs Canada to undertake and do this work. Surveyed roughly 2,600 business, Indigenous businesses across Canada. And what we found is that right across the spectrum, um, all sectors of Canada's economy, you've got Indigenous businesses involved in that. Probably some of the, the leading sectors are in construction, retail trade, and professional technical scientific services. So those are the, the biggest areas that have Indigenous involvement and inclusion in Canada's economy. And, and those are the areas where there's, and to some extent, you, you almost see stereotypical with respect to to where we are, at least on the uh, construction and the retail trade side, I, I think it's fairly common for us to identify the local artists and crafts people that are are undertaking that. But the and the construction being uh, involved in rural and remote communities and that and and having being that um, workforce. And, uh, and suppliers into that space. But, um, and I think those are, are some of the areas where there's some unique strengths that indigenous uh, peoples and, and entrepreneurs play. But, uh, but I'm actually quite interested. Uh, a lot of the conversations I've been having recently have been in the uh, technology spaces. Mm, yeah. Things like drones, software, computer game programming, those types of things that, that there's a, an emerging interest in this within indigenous communities as there is across like we we hear commonly the, the terms around a gig economy a tech economy and and that moving forward and and indigenous entrepreneurs are are in that space just as well and and perhaps have some creative ideas that that give them some some advantages uh, with respect to those spaces Perhaps the areas where there's a little less involvement, where we're a little bit less likely to be involved in some of the things like retail trade or, or sorry, wholesale trade, um, and that where we're, we're maybe um, disadvantaged based on location to not be able to set up the uh, warehousing type services and, and the like, because um, there's not too many communities that are actually well positioned with respect to that um, and uh, healthcare space where we're certainly less represented, much less represented than the, uh, the rest of the country. So a lot of opportunity, Indigenous entrepreneurs starting businesses at a healthy pace. With that comes the need for support, right? We need support business advisors. We also need 
people that can help us manage the finances that are coming and programs. And, and, you know, that kind of leads me into the next question because you're working with a company like, like Sage. I wear a few different hats as a CFO. Whatever hat CFOs like Imran need to wear, Sage's tools and insights can make sure they fit. Sage, helping business flow. Right. Why is that uh, partnership, it's new, it's growing. Why is that uh, partnership so valuable? Working with a company like Sage. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so one of the things is, as we've grown, like the CCAB has has grown um, almost double in size in the last uh, five years or so. Wow. And that um, we've had significant growth. And and so managing that growth is, is certainly one of those challenges. Um, and so a, a partnership with an organization like Sage provides important tools for an organization like ours. I, I, I can remember a lot of the uh, times I'm asking for financial information and that, and it takes a long time and, it, and it's very arduous for the, uh, the folks that do our bookkeeping and our accounting to, to be able to provide that information to me. By the time they get it to me, it's, it's almost no longer useful and that. And, and so um, what Sage offers us is a, a much more flexible tool that, that I, as a non-bookkeeper, I, as a non-accountant, can actually go in and, and access the information I need in, in okay. real time and, and uh, help me make useful decisions, business decisions at, at a pace that uh, allows me to carry on and conduct the, the stuff that I need to do and uh, allows me to track when I'm my... Uh, my suppliers are, or when my funders are, are actually paying me and, and when I need to get my, my bills out to, to the, uh, those that I rely on to provide services to, to my work and that. And so overall, you know, really looking forward to utilizing some of these powerful tools that Sage has that, that allows me to focus more on the things that I do well and, uh, and that, and, uh, well, this, this I need to get into because as a business owner, I want to focus on growing my business. And if there are tools out there to allow me to do just that, I want to know about them. So Mark, again, yes. th thanks for joining us. You know, tell our listeners uh, a bit about Sage before we get into all the tools that, that you have to allow us to focus on growing the business. Absolutely. First, I'd like to say what a privilege it is to be here today with yourself, Stephen and Matthew. And just listening to what Matthew's just described about entrepreneurs and businesses growing in our Indigenous community is very exciting. Uh, Sage Canada supported the Indigenous community. We have thousands of Indigenous customers um, across across the country. And it's, it's a key market that we focus on with some of our large partners, like an MNP, for instance, which is the largest accounting firm in the country, right? So we go to market together through our channels, right, to support uh, throughout, right across the country. So... Let's talk a little bit about what, what Sage Sage is a UK-based organization. Uh, we've been in Canada for a very long time, decades. Um, the business is primarily focused around financials, payroll, and HR, right? So it's a suite, a business suite that can enable anything from a small business right through to a multi-billion dollar organization to manage their business, right? And, and what we've been doing over the last few years is really, you know, 
aggressively investing in our technologies and growing our technologies. You know, by the end of this year, our business in Canada, which has been here for, for quite a long time, would have grown by over 50% over the last three years. Right? So we're seeing exponential growth in the Canadian market. Uh, as we know, the Canadian economy is built on 97% small and medium business, right? You're not built on enterprise, right? So we rely on entrepreneurs and small businesses, you know, including from, you know, this growth in the indigenous community, nine times more likely to start businesses. You know, that, that's an incredible statistic that Matthew just shared, right? You know, and a, a Sage is a company that's there for those businesses that when they start off and as they grow, we can grow with them through various solutions that we offer. Exciting being able to help us grow from a small medium organization and to you know, hopefully some of us that billion dollar organization. So how is Sage helping organizations like CCAB and its members uncover efficiencies to really empower that growth? So uh, CCAB is using our Sage Intact product, which is built for our medium business area. Right, so organizations that are a little bit larger. And it was interesting that Matthew mentioned the growth that CCAB is experiencing. That's what we see a lot as well. People outgrowing the smaller solutions like the QuickBooks of the world and needing something that has significantly more power to drive their business. Uh, organizations that need integrated payroll, for instance, you know, we, we have our own payroll solutions, but we also have recently uh, signed a relationship with ADP, which is a leading payroll provider in the country. So Sage Intact Payroll is powered by ADP. Uh, this is this is a solution that we're delivering to market across the country and have numerous indigenous customers as well, very, very interested in having the best technology for finances integrated into payroll and HR. But another thing that we're doing as well, Stephen, is um, we have a very large number of PhDs on staff. We are the leader in AI, right? Now, AI is a, is a very big buzzword in the community. Um, I think it's got a bit of a bad rap because Hollywood likes to position it as the 2001 where the AI is going to take over the world. But let me kind of explain a little bit about what AI means in this world and what, how it drives those efficiencies that you're talking about to help businesses as we have a massive skill set gap, as well as we want to drive efficiencies and spend our time, uh, as Matthew was alluding to, on more strategic things, right, as, as we're running our businesses. So chat GPT is the most famous AI that's out there at the moment. Everybody loves to use it. I'm sure all three of us use it all the time. Uh, chat GPT pulls all of their data from the internet, right? So what they're doing literally is just pulling information from the internet and using that to craft what you asked it to do. Uh, now you may have heard, but the internet is not a hundred percent true. Uh, so the data that you're using you know, may or may not be accurate, right? So those poor students that, you know, write a paper on ChatGPT and didn't actually read it when they handed it in, you know, might be in for a nasty surprise. Oops. Uh, so, so when we talk about AI, what we're talking about is using what I would say is structured and clean data, accurate data. So when you think about Sage on a global presence, and you think about the fact that we host most of our, you know, we're a cloud-based solutions. Most of our solutions are all cloud-based or cloud-connected. Um, so what we have is what we call the Sage network, right? So within this network, we have, you can imagine, an enormous amount of data. You know, we have 200,000 customers in Canada, an enormous amount of data. Um, so we run and train our AI against this structured, clean data. Now, we don't share people's data with one another, 
right? But we use your data to train the model. If we think about it in a very simple format, uh, let's think about how many people across the country would get a bill from one of our major telcos, right? So what we do with AI now is, okay, so the email comes into your inbox from said telco. You don't even have to open it. We will automatically read that email. We will automatically post that information into your general ledger that you have this liability to pay this bill now. And then we will automatically go and pay that bill out of your bank account and bring that back and then reconcile that all in the information. How are we able to do that? Because when you're when AI, AI is trained, right? It's a learning model. So when you've got all of this data, this clean structured data from all of these different sources, right? What you can do is then take these, what I would say are, are less strategic um, tasks, like this used to be manual enter. You know, somebody sat at a keyboard with the bill next to them, typing in all the information, yeah. then go, clicking on the online banking on another screen, and then taking a look at the general ledger, getting the numbers right, punching it in, pressing paid, coming back, putting it all back into the general ledger. So you can probably imagine the amount of efficiency and savings that you could have in that kind of scenario, right? So th these are the kind of uses of AI that we're driving into the market within our products. And by the way, these, these, this functionality exists in our smaller products and in our larger products. So it can help small entrepreneurs just as much as it can help larger businesses. I got to say, um, it sounds like you guys are really looking out for the entrepreneur and business owner, finding strategic yeah. partnerships that really allow us as business owners to focus on the job of growing our business, providing great customer service. You talked about, you know, ADP and bringing that in. Uh, you know, kudos to you guys for for really looking out for us as your customers. Yeah, yeah thank so, you. Uh, I think that we're not finished there, right? We really want to address the marketplace in a way that we're helping these businesses be successful. Uh, another another thing that we've done a lot of is um, it, the the source of all small businesses and even medium businesses is cash flow. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you managing your cash flow? So, how am I going to be able to manage it now? With Sage Intech, we have fantastic capabilities about being able to take, you know, look at your costs and your expenses and build nice dashboards, which is what Matthew's alluding to, that Matthew can go now, go into that. For instance, all your grants, right? You can track all of your grants against expenditures and revenue and costs and, and manage all that superbly, right? Um, but we've also come up with some new technologies. Futurely is a, is a tool that we've just launched, which is an AI-based uh, tool that enables you to really look at past trends. So you could look back 18, 24, 36 months, right? And say, well, when I have this many accounts payable, this many accounts receivable, what's my cash flow going to look like in six weeks, right? Because cash flow is the lifeline of businesses, right? Especially small businesses, right? So being able to manage these things uh, and, and, and automate that and use AI to predict accurately where your cash flow is going to be is something that we're also focused in. So we're trying to do all these things to bring AI, but we're making sure that we're doing it in a very ethical way. Like we're not misusing our customers' data, right? To us, one of the biggest things with using AI in your products is trust, trust with your customers, right? It's very critical to us. Well, I gotta say you can see just how, how valuable something like that is um, with respect to indigenous businesses specifically that where, you know, more close to half don't have a, a lending relationship in place. And so they don't have their cash flow being managed effectively. Well, it's not long before that there's no business. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I use I, I use a different software, and what I have to do is I have to go down and, and manually, you know, project out. So you're telling me that that you know that that this functionality will allow you to save time, project out, which is yeah. incredibly value valuable for a business owner, of course. Absolutely. So I'm interested in in talking about this grant tracking uh, module, particularly for First Nations, right? Receive a lot of grants and contributions. Important to track that. How are yeah. revenue streams managed with the grant tracking module within the system? Yeah, so within um, within our solution, um, what you have with Sage Intact is we, we we actually have created an NFP product, right? So we have not-for-profit. Uh, we have a finance product. We have a healthcare product. We have a software product. Before Matthew was alluding to uh, Indigenous communities, now moving into tech. Right. So it's built specifically for tech. Right. The number one thing in tech is, of course, like contracts. Well, the number one thing in NFPs is grants and managing those grants and donations. Right. So how do you manage those? Well, we've actually created a module within the solution that enables you to track this. Right. So it's it's custom built for that that NFP type business, because we understand that accounting in an NFP organization is different than accounting in another type of business, right? So you, you've got to bring to market solutions that are going to meet the needs of specific businesses, right? So within our grant module, uh, we will track right from the general ledger, exactly the grant and all of the different things that go across that grant, how it's performing, the cost, the expenditures, um, you know, what it was spent on, uh, what you're driving out of it in terms of revenues, right? So at the end of the day, and that, that then moves into a, a, a complete NFP-based reporting solution that's also in the technology that has dashboards and you can click and, and drill in, you can do anything, right? So a, a business user, as Matthew was explaining before, now has the ability to look at their grant that they secured and really understand where it sits without calling finance and saying, hey, can you uh, create me a spreadsheet that has all of the information of where we're at with the grant and where it's going and what's been spent so far and how many revenues it's produced, right? So for the ability for everybody within your organization now to just have a simple access and be able to go in and see exactly where everything sits for each different grant uh, is incredibly powerful, right? Because then you know, that saves, once again, it's about efficiencies, right? So AI drives efficiencies, but technology drives efficiencies, right? That's what technology's done since it was incepted. You know, we're we're in a period of uh, economic uncertainty. A lot going on in the world. There's been a lot going on for the past several years. Inflation, shrinkflation, uh, you know, stagnation, a lot going on. So how can the technologies that you guys are bringing forth really help entrepreneurs navigate this period of uncertainty? Yeah, I, I think as we were touching on before, um, the lifeline of every business is cash flow, especially small business, right? So when you think about a small business, um, if you're not projecting your your revenues and your cash and, and your costs effectively on an ongoing basis and managing those, right? Um, you know, all of our smaller business solutions, right? Uh, Intact as well, but especially for the smaller business solutions, they're all mobile, they're all on your phone. Um, so for instance, we have a very large number of customers that use our Sage 50 product across the country in Canada. Um, you know, we have 7% of the payroll market, right? So we just recently launched an HR tool, right? That bolts on very low cost, right? Okay. That now allows all of these small businesses to deliver 
an HR functionality with start with payslips, something as simple as payslips, right? You know, all those calls back into the business. Oh, can I have my can I have my payslip? I don't I can't find my payslip. Well, now it's on your phone, right? And then um, if you if you think about uh, T4s and you think about if you want to plug in your vacation absences and basic things for small business now. So we're taking something that is uh, that is usually like, oh, I can't afford an HR solution. Right. But we're providing a solution for those businesses. So what we're trying to do is is drive our technology into the cost points for the different sizes of business and really allow you to grow with it. Right. Um, you know, Matthew was alluding to before how big construction is in the indigenous community. And I really I really listened to that. We just actually launched uh, Sage Construction in Intact Construction in, in the marketplace uh, this this month, which has you know Canadian tech uh, taxation systems and things into it. So um, we also are putting uh, construction functionality into our very very small products because you might be a single contractor or you might be managing a billion dollar business, right? But you know you can start as a single contractor and grow all the way through that journey with Sage. So we want people in, in Canada, in the indigenous community, especially with the fast growing area of construction. I mean, construction is is in a gold rush in Canada. We're, we're the most homes we've ever built was in the 1970s. We built 2.3 million homes. And this decade, we're going to build six, six million homes in this country. Right. And that's across everywhere. Right. So when you start to look at that in terms of construction companies and growth and technology and needing things to manage that, you know, it's critical to your success. So so we're very, very focused in those entrepreneurs, giving them the same level of technologies as the big businesses. Right. It's just at a different scale. Right. But we're, we're, we want to enable a small business to a different level. Like that's our focus. So are there other technologies then that you think organizations like the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business and its members should consider adopting to prepare them uh, for growth? Um, I think the number one thing, besides obviously using technologies like Sage for financial things and, and payroll and HR with you know partners like ADP and others, um, it's really, a, look, at you have to be on a cloud-based solution, right? Um, cloud-based solutions are critical to success. They allow your business to scale. Uh, they allow you access to information, allows you to consolidate that information. You know, with a tool like ours, we can pull information from uh, other systems, right? And then put that into the reports that Matthew needs to see. Yeah, so I, I think adopting new technologies and really digital transformation is what's what's changing business today, right? We live in a very fast moving world. And the technologies that are that are really moving along are cloud and cloud connected, right? You have to be connected to that cloud. So I think it's critically important that small and medium businesses are looking to these new solutions and investing in them. You know, we just uh, we just did a recent report in the Canadian business. Forty nine percent of small businesses this year plan on spending significant money in new technology. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, as, as Matthew was saying, also, we're seeing that in the indigenous communities, right? So we're seeing it in, in Canadian small business across the board. So I think Canadians are, are really on this, I think, on this trail to really invest in technology and see it giving them those efficiencies to their business that will allow them the growth. Because most people start businesses because they, they want to drive revenue and their business is a specific thing. Let's use an example construction. You know, they want to build houses or they want to, you know, build roads or they want to do landscaping. They don't want to do accounting. Yeah. Right? So they, they want they want solutions that are going to enable them 
to, to facilitate that as quickly and as easily as possible, right? Um, same thing for NFP. The NFP is all about the cause. It's like CCAB has a cause. They're trying to drive indigenous business in Canada, right? Their business is not accounting. They need a solution that's going to enable them to grow and make it as seamless and as easy as possible. So, so I think that's that's the mantra. And so, you know, touching on on that partnership with CCAB, but through this partnership, what is your hope for supporting Indigenous entrepreneurs, organizations, as communities, as this partnership grows and flourishes? Yeah, I, I, I. I'm reasonably new to Sage, right? So I've been with Sage for like 14 months, and uh, Sage is very big uh, at supporting uh, DEI, right? We have a whole DEI division of our organization. We're very, very focused on, on this. In fact, we gave all Sage colleagues uh, Truth and Reconciliation as a national holiday at Sage, right? So I, I as the leader of Sage Canada, my goal is to to grow this relationship with the Indigenous community. You know, I think it's critically important as Canadians, right, that that we address this and that we we work as close as possible with the Indigenous communities, as you say, not having access to capital. And very, these are very similar stories in other countries that we're, we're also working in, right, U.S., South Africa. Right. So I would love to work much, much closer with the Indigenous community and give the Indigenous community, Indigenous entrepreneurs and Indigenous businesses access to what we can deliver as age. So this has been a great call today. Great opportunity to chat with both of you. What I'm hearing is a, a new but important partnership that is that is taking hold. One that's focused on partnership, mutual respect, supporting one another, right? Learning and listening from one another, um, allowing that partnership to allow business owners, communities to focus on what it is that they're doing right? To either grow businesses, drive revenue, or support their communities, right? What we don't need to be doing is, is uh, going back and looking at spreadsheets at the end of the day. We want to focus on the business, right? Um, before we wrap, Matthew, you touched on a couple of reports. Where can, where can our listeners go to access these reports and learn more about you? Yeah, off our website, www.ccab.com. Uh, dot com look under the the research tab and uh and you'll find them there and uh yeah pleased to to be involved and in, and shedding some light on this and and working with our partners to help advance opportunities for indigenous entrepreneurs ccab.com and mark where can where can folks go to find out more www.sage.com sage.com easy enough yeah. That is uh, that is it for today. Thank you for joining uh, our episode here for today's podcast with uh, the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business and Sage Canada. Miigwech. I wear a few different hats as a CFO. Whatever hat CFOs like Imran need to wear, Sage's tools and insights can make sure they fit. Sage, helping business flow. Contact us at info at canadaspodcast.com.